How great is our God. Sing with me how great is our God. All will see how great, how great is our God. Father, you are, you are wonderful. Lord, we just pray for our city. Lord, we ask that this a Christmas season, Lord, that you would take the opportunity, that you would remind your people, Lord, of your greatness and your love, and that you would help us, Lord, to take the message of your goodness, your grace, your mercy, your salvation, Lord, to our city, to our nation, to the nations of the earth. God, I'm asking, Holy Spirit, Lord, that you would send forth the laborers into the field. Lord, for your grace is upon us, Lord, for a great harvest. Lord, I'm asking for your help. Would you agree with me right now? The Lord said, ask for ask the Lord of the harvest to send laborers into the harvest. So, Father, I'm asking, Lord of the harvest, send forth the laborers into the harvest field. Bring them in, Papa. Lord, I'm asking, Holy Spirit, for your anointing to come upon people in a surprise and a glorious way. Lord, that they would be empowered, Lord God, with signs and wonders and miracles, words of knowledge. Lord, that you would give them holy boldness and surprise them. Lord, as they go about their daily uh, shopping and working, Lord, that you would use them, that you'd provoke them, that you'd prompt them to see the invitations that you are issuing. God, that they might partner with you, Lord, to reach people for your kingdom. In your wonderful name, we declare harvest in our city. And everybody said... Amen. Hallelujah. So wonderful. It's so wonderful to be in the kingdom, to be part of the family of God. And whether you have family this year for Christmas or not, the great news is that the Father has sent his Son into the earth so that you would have family, that you would be part of his family. And it doesn't matter whether you have a physical family around you. The Lord wants you to know that even when others forsake you, Psalm 27, I will take care of you. And he enjoys your company. Hallelujah. It's precious. Even when others have abandoned you, when others have forsaken you, the Lord says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will be with you. And he wants to encourage you. He wants to be your companion. He wants to be your delight. He wants to be your best thought by day or by night, like the old hymn, hymn says. Now my best thought by day or by night. Waking or sleeping, thy presence, my light. He wants to be our constant companion, our constant highest thought, our best thought. He wants to be there talking to you when you wake up. He wants to be the light that cuts through the lies of condemnation and shame that the enemy would like to tie you up in. Because he does try. And just because he tries does not mean that you are a bad person. You don't need to believe his lies and hide yourself in shame when the enemy is trying to surround you with fears and condemnation. He, God wants to be the light right there. He wants to be your way of escape. He wants to be your help. He wants to be your encouragement. He wants to be your great savior, not just once, but every day. Hallelujah. He wants to be to you your fierce protector, your great help, the Holy Spirit, God himself with us wants to be your helper and he wants to be your 
uh, glorious. In fact, he's jealous to be your best companion. Hallelujah. And it's such a wonderful thought to realize how much he is longing to help you in every single situation. Give me an amen if it's been your experience. Hallelujah. Wonderful Jesus. Well, I've been doing a series on love, but we're going to do a little pause on that just tonight and Sunday uh, during this Christmas weekend. And I, uh, But we're going to come back to that. But I wanted to share with you tonight about the incredible gift of love that's being sent into the world when God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. When the angels began to sing about the, the kingdom of God and the announcement of Jesus' birth, they said, glory to God in the highest and peace and goodwill to men on and on earth. He came to bring peace and goodwill. This is the good news. He sent the greatest gift we could ever possibly have. He gave us himself so that we would never have to be alone, that we would never have to be uh, without hope if we will only believe, if we will only turn to him, if we'll only exchange our lives and our sin for his mercy and his forgiveness, for his life, we'd become new, new creations in Christ. Hallelujah. So it's a, it's a glorious story. I love to read the Gospels. In the Gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 1, we read the story of when the angel Gabriel was sent by God to see Mary. This, they'd say probably a young teenage girl. Luke, 21, Luke chapter 1 verse 26 says here, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. I mean, you read this. It says when he had come in, it's like he just walked in. And there he is. You can imagine she'd be a little troubled at this manner of greeting. And then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. It's much like when Jesus was born and the angels were saying, Be not afraid. Glory to God. Peace on earth. The Lord is continually telling us, Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I am here. Glorify God. Hallelujah. So the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and he will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. 
Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. This is Elizabeth who had been, was past the age of childbearing. She had been barren all her life. And uh, while Zachariah was in the temple, the angel spoke to him and he didn't believe. So the, the Lord shut his mouth up until it came to pass because he didn't want any unbelief, I think. And, uh, and Elizabeth had conceived and was carrying John the Baptist in her womb. So Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leapt in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. I was reading a post today uh, by Emily's voice about abortion and the amazing reality when you read this story that the first person other than Mary to recognize the Son of God was an unborn child. Amazing. An unborn child recognized, whoa, whoa, I know what you're carrying. And Elizabeth, whoa, the baby left in a womb, she knew, whoa. She hadn't had a visit from the angel, but she could feel it. Whoa, the Holy Spirit coming upon her. And Elizabeth begins to declare. She spoke out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? She was prophesying. For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leapt in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. Hallelujah. So wonderful. It's such a wonderful story. Mary, hearing the word of the Lord, says, Be it unto me according to your word. You know, when the Lord speaks a promise to you, whether it be in the word of God or whether it be a prophetic promise or he speaks it to you and you, you know in your heart the, the word of the Lord, he wants us to respond. Mary didn't just stand there speechless. She responded. She said, be it unto me according to your word. You know, I, I say that regularly as I remember the promises of God or if someone prophesies or if I, I read a scripture. I take it and I deliberately, actively, out loud respond and say, be it unto me, Lord, according to your word. Because I believe the Father is looking for us to respond to what are divine invitations being issued so frequently. Every time you open the Bible, there's an invitation waiting for your response. It's his promises. It's the word of the Lord speaking to us. It's when he's speaking to us in worship or in prayer and giving you daydreams from heaven. They are invitations that the Lord is waiting to see if you will respond and receive. Conception happens when you recognize the invitation and you deliberately respond with your words and you say, be it unto me, Lord, according to your word. When you come into agreement, you see, you have been created in the image of God. 
And that means you have a free will, just like God has the capacity to choose and make decisions of his own free will. He gave you that same power because he's love and he wanted a companion that could be his bride. Hallelujah. Therefore, you had to be created in his image to be joined to him as the bride of Christ. But that, that means in that capacity, you have this unique, glorious responsibility to choose. We must respond. He doesn't force the plans of God upon our lives. He issues invitations and he hopes that you will come. He longs for you to come. He'll speak to you. He'll give you opportunity after opportunity, but he waits for your response. We must be people who say, be it unto me, Lord, according to your word. Hallelujah. I, I, I do it even when I hear a testimony about something I haven't yet seen in my own life. I grab it physically and I'll say, yes, God, be it unto me according to your word, because I want to be a person of response. I want to be so resonant in my heart to the voice of the Lord that every time he speaks, it's my, my innate response to, to out loud respond to him and say, I agree. Yes, Lord. Amen. Amen means so be it. So be it. Amen, Lord. Be it unto me. Hallelujah. You know, I, uh, I read this story and it's, it's remarkable. Sometimes we can get familiar with the word of God, but he never wants us to lose the wonder and the incredible um, reality that this is what happens. This is, this is how the Lord came into the earth to be our saviour. And I think, you think about it, this young girl has this incredible encounter where the angel Gabriel walks in, says, hey, you're going to have the son of God. You can imagine that she might want to say, that's amazing. While you're here, would you mind popping next door and talking to my parents? Yeah. Or, or while you're here, would you mind just coming with me out into the uh, town square so that we can tell everybody what's actually going on? But that's not what happened. Because in this little life that we have, we have the opportunity to please God with our faith. Yeah. And it's, it's our privilege to be able to bless him by trusting him, by holding on to his faithfulness and knowing that he wants to be our supply, he wants to be our protector, and he wants to be our helper. Amen? Amen. So she didn't run into the town square and announce it after she got this incredible promise given to her. And, you know, when the Lord starts to speak promises into our hearts, we need to be careful particularly as they are just starting to take form, not to cast our pearls before swine, not to do what Joseph did and run off and tell his brothers who weren't open to receiving it. You need to be wise with who you share these things that the Lord's putting in your heart. The Lord wants to help us grow his promises and he wants to see them brought to birth. And so Mary's first response after hearing this was to go and find Elizabeth because the angel had told her that she had had an, a similar sort of encounter, even though she was, uh, it wasn't divinely conceived, she'd had a miracle and that she, Mary knew Elizabeth will understand 
And she wanted to go and see, so she went straight away and spent her first three months in Elizabeth's house. It's interesting. It really looks like it was a discipling opportunity where Elizabeth, who was older and wiser and and had already had this uh, encounter with God and was able to instantly recognize what was on her life, was able then to to look after her for the first three months, to, to sow into her. And I believe when we have a promise in our heart, we've got to be careful to get around people who are going to absolutely celebrate what's on the inside of you to go, oh, this is so wonderful. Who are going to feel the excitement the moment they start talking to you. They're going to recognize what's going on on the inside and be prepared to share their life with you. You know, you need to connect yourself to people who are carrying something similar to what's on the inside of you. I meet people sometimes and I just know you're carrying something. I, I, I walk past certain people and my spirit will go, oh, what is it about them? I can feel it. It's as though my spirit's leaping on the inside. And very often that's a divine connection, an invitation to either disciple somebody, to encourage somebody, or to connect with somebody in a way that the Lord wants to to, uh, have his kingdom purposes fulfilled. Now, this baby that Elizabeth was carrying was John the Baptist. And John the Baptist was going to have an incredible uh, role to play in the life of Jesus. Jesus was baptized by John. John was preparing the way for Jesus. So when we feel that leaping in the spirit, recognize that it's very often an invitation to to connect with people that are going to have a role to play in the kingdom of God being manifested in your life and in the world around you. And it's interesting to me when I look at that. And I think, just like when you first get pregnant, uh, for the ladies, you know, you want to be you want to be protective of what's growing on the inside of you. I remember I'd get very aware if there was someone smoking nearby or anything like. It's like, oh, I told you, no, I'm carrying a baby. And in the same way, we we need to be careful to protect the plans and the purposes of God, the promises of God in our heart. We don't want to be associating with people that are just going to um, discourage you, that are going to so. Uh, stuff into your life that isn't healthy. You don't want to be watching things and listening to things that aren't feeding you with what's healthy and clean. And, uh, you know, I remember when the Lord started to speak to me when I was just 23 about preaching and and ministering. I, I remember I tried to tell a couple of my friends, a few of my friends, and I didn't get anywhere near the reaction I thought I might get. I remember one of them said, oh, I... I never really saw that about you. I'd be like, oh, okay. And and I, I went to see my pastor and he was like, well, that's good. Uh, you know, maybe you could do Bible college. It was, not, it was not bad. He wasn't discouraging, but it wasn't quite the excitement that I had, you know, about what God was doing. And we need to recognize that that it doesn't matter what other people are saying, but we need to be careful to connect ourselves with those that are carrying something similar to what's on the inside of you. And it's good, and it's, it's good to also guard your heart carefully 
and, and to feed yourself with what's good and clean and, and what is uh, going to feed what's on the inside of you. I was having visions about miracles and people getting saved. And, and so I started feeding on the testimonies of people who'd been healed. I started reading biographies of, of evangelists and, and those that had done great things for the kingdom because I wanted to enlarge my capacity to dream and receive what the Lord was saying on the inside. And you need to be careful to do the same things. It's interesting when you look at little Mary. It's how often the Lord chooses people that we may not expect. Elizabeth was not somebody you would have expected to be carrying John the Baptist. So, I mean, she was an elderly woman. Mary was not even married. You think of other people like David. He wasn't even invited to the party when they were choosing who was going to be king. He was, he was the last one and he wasn't even there for Samuel to pick from. But the Lord saw him. Hallelujah. And so often you can, you can recognize, you know, this incredible thing that God's putting on the inside, but that it, it, it's so often that your circumstances won't look anything like you have been um, naturally set up for it. I remember when the Lord started to speak to me, I was like, God, I'm, I'm a housewife. And in my experience, I really didn't even know personally any women doing what God had called me to do. I'd heard of Catherine Coleman, I'd heard of Joyce Meyer, but that was about it. And it seemed to me a bit of an unlikely, and then why would you also pick someone that had come from such a broken background and someone, someone like me, God? But God delights to choose the weak and foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And, the, and it's interesting that he does that because he likes to, to show us that it is all his doing. It is all about him. And he gets glory when we are recognizing, I know very well that I couldn't do anything like this. But be it unto me according to your word, Lord. You have your way for yours is the kingdom and yours is the power and yours is the glory. It's a good thing to to get around people that are a little bit further down the track than you are. You, there's always people in whatever the promise that you have growing on the inside of you. It's good to connect with people that, have, that have, are doing it or are just a little bit further down the track to really allow them to speak into your life. And it's good for you to be doing the same for others that you can encourage them, that we might be making disciples, that we might be the encouragement to others. If you're saying, oh, I wish someone would encourage me, go and encourage somebody else because as you sow, so shall you reap. And as we begin to do this and begin to recognize that divine invitations, you can just position yourself to start receiving and start getting close to what you know the Lord is doing. Then after three months, Mary returned home. And I expect by this stage she was starting to have a little bump. And um, can you imagine how Joseph might have felt? Oh, Mary, I'm so excited you're home. <laughs> Something I don't know about. I'm sure this was not what he was expecting. And so the Bible tells us in the book of Matthew that 
Joseph, being a just man, just decided to break it off quietly. Under Jewish law, an unmarried woman that was pregnant had obviously done something wrong and therefore had to be stoned. So rather than see that happen, he decided, well, I'll, no, I obviously can't marry her because she's not a virgin um, and she's pregnant with someone else's child. So I'll, we'll just break it off. But I tell you what, God is so faithful. When he starts to put something in your heart and you're married, you can know that God will speak to your spouse. When God started to speak to me about this, I was like, oh God, oh God, oh God, you're going to have to talk to my husband. Because I had had in my mind that I was just going to be the, the above Ruby's wife at home. That was my plan. That's my plan. I was not very good at cooking or housekeeping, but I really tried. <laughs> and that's because I, I didn't have a grid for very much else. But as we were driving one day, suddenly, out of the blue, Tom just turns to me and goes, you know what, I think you'd be a good preacher. I went, yes, that's it, that's it, I got it, yes, hallelujah. And the Lord did the same for Mary. That night, as Joseph's thinking about how he could handle this awful, difficult situation, an angel comes to him in a dream, and he speaks to him. And he tells them the truth. And Joseph just says, right, well, that's it. I believe it. What a man of great faith. Just to receive it and just to believe it. And then to raise a child that he didn't father. Amazing. We, we look at Joseph sometimes and we forget the grace that must have been on his life. And you know, God gives grace for what he asks us to do. You, whatever situation you're in, the Lord wants to give you a supernatural grace to do it. He never asks you to do something that he doesn't give you grace to do. He never puts you in a situation that you won't have access to supernatural grace to see fulfilled. Hallelujah. And if you're in a marriage or a, a family situation that's, that you're finding difficult, you can know God has not... Uh, left you in that situation without also giving you the grace to be able to do what he's asked you to do, to be faithful, to be one that, that is going to, to be the support and the love that he's called you to be. He gives us grace to do it. And if you just lay hold of it and receive it, the Father will walk alongside you and he'll give you the grace. I love the, the story of how the Father has his plans come to pass. But, you know, sometimes when we look at it from a natural standpoint, you could think, you know, really, why would you do it like that, God? The Bible says that his ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. But this thing we know, God is good and he is faithful. He is true. In fact, it's one of his names. It's written on his thigh. It's tattooed on his body. It says, faithful and true. This is absolutely who I am. I am faithful and true. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And I, who have promised it, will also do it. 
our response needs to be, be it unto me according to your word. Instead of getting caught up in all the, why, what, what's going to happen? Can you imagine if Mary just had a meltdown after this and went, what about, what about this, what about this, what about my mother, what about my community, what about my school, what about my husband? Instead of melting down all over the whys and the things she didn't know how it was all going to happen, she was very deliberate to protect what was on the inside. She went and got herself around people who were going to encourage her. She was focused. She was deliberate to protect herself, and God took care of the details. She could have been freaking out about this journey. I mean, it was like four to seven day walking journey up and down hills from Nazareth to Bethlehem to be able to give birth to this baby. And she could have been absolutely freaking out when they found out that they couldn't even get an inside room to be able to give birth to the baby. And, and yet, because her focus was on all your promises are yes and amen, you have promised it. You said it. So thank you, Lord. When we keep our focus on the promise, when we keep our focus on the one who made the promise, we can trust him to sort out all the details. As we keep the main thing, the main thing, one thing I have desired, this thing shall I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze on his beauty. As we look to him, as we, as we hold fast to him and declare him faithful and true, to, as we know him and intimately become acquainted with this one who is named faithful and true, we can trust him to be able to walk and see the fulfillment of his promises without allowing our emotions to, to wind us up and get us off track. You know, this weekend, I believe, the Holy Spirit wants to release so much supernatural peace to people. He wants you to have a supernatural peace that passes understanding. So that when you think about the thoughts of God, uh, you can absolutely celebrate and trust him that he who has purposed it will make the way. That he has, he has got a plan and I can just look to him and trust him. He wants to release a supernatural peace about the future. And he wants to release a peace in you that will come and flow through you. I believe that the Lord is looking for his bride in Australia right now, in the nations of the earth, to begin to rise up and speak peace to the storms that are going on around them. The world is uh, in turmoil, but we have the Prince of Peace living on the inside of us and he's waiting for us to speak up and begin to say, Peace. To our situations, peace to our world, peace to our city, peace to the circumstances around us, to begin to release it, to be expecting that when you walk into a room, when you walk into a meeting, when you walk into a situation, a family gathering, whatever it might be, you are carrying the very peace of God. People are going to sense it and know it, they're going to recognize it, and the Prince of Peace is going to rule and reign in your situation. This gift is not an insurance promise for a later date. 
It is our salvation that has transformed us from the inside out. As you respond to the Prince of Peace, as you say, yes, Lord, I I receive you as my Savior. I give you my life. I give you my sin. Come in, fill me, dwell within me. The heart of the Father is to rush in and fill you and then teach you and help you know and understand this incredible gift. That's why Paul prays in Ephesians that we would have the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him so that we would know the hope of our calling so that we'd know the riches of his glorious inheritance in us the saints and the greatness of the power toward us who believe so that we would understand this gift this one this God who has now made his temple in us wants to manifest himself and his glory and his presence to the whole world in and through you Father, I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your goodness. And I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would enlighten the eyes of our understanding to know you and to recognize this wonderful hope.